Welcome to the Leading Visionaries Podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established leading visionaries. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate and spotlight the leading visionaries who are thinking differently, seeing new possibilities, have the courage to dream big, take inspired action, and create conscious change all around the world. Now, here's your host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Leading Visionaries podcast, where we celebrate the ingenious, insightful, innovative, and inspired leading visionaries of our time and provide our listeners with world-class examples of the kind of courage, clarity, and confidence it takes to bring visions into reality. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Andrea Menard, Métis singer, songwriter, actor, speaker, and wellness trainer, and the founder of the Sacred Feminine Learning Lodge, Andrea is an advocate for rematriation and reconciliation. Andrea trains women to lead like a goddess and helps all gendered people to reclaim and embody the qualities of the sacred feminine. She is also the author of the Seeds from the Sacred Feminine Wisdom Cards, which was recently launched by Mango Publishing in May of 2023. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you, Ntanchi. Thank you for having me, Angel. I'm honored. I am so excited to have you here. So I feel like we want to begin, Andrea, with helping our listeners understand Métis, because I am quite sure that there are many people who don't know what that even means. So if you'd be willing to take us on that little journey first, so that people can have context for who you are and the work that you're about in the world, that would be great. I'd love to. And actually, that gives me an opportunity to introduce myself the way I introduce myself, the way I've been taught. So, Tanchi Kiawao. Hello, everyone. Andrea Menard Dishnikashon. My name is Andrea Menard. I am a proud Metis woman from Treaty One territory in the homeland of the Metis, which takes place in Canada, which exists in Canada, and currently live in the unceded traditional territory of the Squamish, the Tsleil-Waututh, and the Musqueam people, which is also known as Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So Métis people, from your listeners, wherever they're from, if you're not from Canada, you may not know that there are three groups of Indigenous people in Canada. We have First Nations, which I guess in the U.S. where you are, and maybe other people are. Native American is the term that most people use to talk about the original peoples from these lands, from Turtle Island, which is our collective land, North America. And in Canada, though, we have three different indigenous groups. One is First Nations, which is the term Native American, which you would be familiar with, but First Nations people who are the original people on the plains and the mountains and the rivers and and the Inuit, who were the people from the north and who still are the people from the north and the, and the Métis people, which is who I come from. And the Métis people are a mixed nation who of European and First Nations ancestry, who were the first new peoples of this land that were left alone long enough in Rupert's land in the northwest of Canada that we created our own language, the Michif language, and our own governance system. We were buffalo hunters. So just to give you a little context, I'm a Métis woman, an Indigenous person from Canada. 
Beautiful. I love it. So thank you for sharing that, Andrea, so that everyone has some clarity and context about who you are. I want to talk about vision, obviously. Mm. So, you know, I think most indigenous cultures have a deep, rich, visionary practice Mm. and context within which seeking vision, sharing vision, bringing vision into life is welcomed, celebrated, and honored. Mm -hmm. And so if you would be willing to share a little bit about your own vision process, your own personal vision process, or the visioning cultural support that might be in the Métis people for questing for vision, that would be lovely. That's a great question. (laughs) I would say that the vision quest or the the questing for visions, the agreement between you and the ancestors to move into a space of receptivity, to actually move into a space of listening to a vision, is the practice. You know, every person's vision is and quest for a vision is is different and is personal and in many ways is private. But I could say, like for me personally, I work. I have a close relationship with the grandmothers. And you know, you talked about my deck of cards. Well, the deck the deck of cards exists because of the grandmothers. So I have a deep relationship with the grandmothers who are my spirit helpers on the other side. And you can call them ancestors, you can call them helpers, whatever your context is. But for me, the grandmothers and one of my traditional names, I have two traditional names and my Nehiao name, Cree name is Grandmother Wind, which means that I am the grandmother on the ground here. <laughs> so I have a connection with the grandmothers. And for me, I have a very close relationship. As an artist, you're, you introduced me as an actor, singer, writer, all those things. And, and I am a facilitator of the rise of the sacred feminine. That is the center point of my medicine wheel. I tell people I'm an actor, singer, writer, speaker, messenger, but the center point of my medicine wheel is a facilitator of the rise of the sacred feminine, which is a term that I received from many different people who went in onto their fasts and into their visions to receive wisdom about the times that we were in and what was to come. And we kept hearing about it's the time of woman or it's the time of mother earth, or it's the time to return to the circle. But it wasn't until I heard one elder from the Zagin First Nation in the Turtle Lodge, the late elder Dave Kershane, who had a gathering of elders from all across Turtle Island. And they came up with a document and they said in it, we are in the time of the rise of the sacred feminine. And that's when all of those pieces fell into place, which means that visionaries (laughs) are going to be leading this time. People who are connected to the earth, connected to their heart, connected to feminine wisdom, And that does not mean female necessarily, but feminine wisdom will be leading this time. So the fact that I am connected with the grandmothers, I need to give you the context of why I'm so connected. All my songs that I've written have come from the grandmothers. All all the stories and the plays that I've written have come from the grandmothers. This deck of cards has come from the grandmothers. Okay, so now that I've told a little bit about the sacred feminine, the rise of the sacred feminine, the state of receptivity is the key to Mm. being, as you know, you've birthed many visions into existence. So we need to be a balancing act of action because in this Western colonial model, the Western way is action, action is very masculine, is very action-based. And that 
is great to create expansion. But if it's not weathered, if it's not tempered by the sacred feminine act of stillness, listening, nurturing, receptivity, then we get into trouble, which we are in mm -hmm. <laughs> at the moment as a species and the earth and everything. It's an example of masculine ways devaluing feminine ways. Mm -hmm. So all visionaries, all writers, all people who connect with that dark, empty space, the place where you go into the womb of creation, you go in and listen to the mother, you go in and listen to your own wisdom, that is the place where visions are birthed. Mm -hmm. And so in our cultures, in Métis and First Nations cultures, Inuit cultures, we are, a, in many ways, Indigenous is land-based, which is a very feminine way of being. Ceremony, listening, stillness is a huge part of who we are. We're land-based. And Mother Earth is this is the source of the original source of feminine wisdom, right? Mm. So, so for cultures that are connected with that feminine source, going into ceremony, being in a receptive state, a feminine state is natural. Mm. So I, I guess all of that to say that it, the reason why it's such a part of our culture is because we are land based and because we make space and time and value the the stillness and the the dark void that we need to move into the dark phase of the moon of ourselves to find those things. And in mm. our culture, in this Western culture, there's not a lot of space for that. Mm, beautiful. Well, one of the things that I like to say is don't be seduced by the culture of busy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of seduction in the culture of busy. And so what I want to talk about now, since you bring to this table, this idea of the rise of and this idea of, you know, the place where we receive vision is when we go into stillness. And you also, you know, rightly point out that in Western culture, it's much more strongly masculinized. Do you have a sense of how we lead, those of us who are here as visionaries, how do you lead, how do we lead in a way that allows the rebalancing. You talk about rematriation, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. rematriation because, you know, on the one hand, it's exponentially weighted in the favor of patriarchy still, mm -hmm. where I feel like we're making some progress, but still it's exponentially weighted in that direction. So as the feminine rises, we also want to ensure that we're not going to go too far in the other direction as well. So can you speak about your own leadership or what you see in your, you know, from your people is a way forward? Yeah. Brilliant question. For me, I would say that from my experience and from what I have witnessed, all beings that succeed all genders, whoever is succeeding in the present model are use, uh, using their masculine aspects to thrive and survive. We all have feminine and masculine aspects. That's, that is an, a fact of life. We are all on the spectrum. We just may identify with one or more than the other, but life itself has the feminine and masculine aspects of life. So it's not necessarily gendered, but there are, you know, the masculine action-based focus doing all of that is great we need that to survive but like i said the feminine aspect is is been pushed out emotional wisdom stillness nurturing 
collaboration, all of those things have not been essentially valued in business, in the structures that exist, the all the systems that exist. So for me, when I, like all of my female friends, for one thing, that's how I first noticed it. And my indigenous friends, like we, and family, like all of us who thrived in the, and became, and, and succeeded our way into positions of power, mm-hmm. we all used our masculine skills to get there. I'll raise my hand on that. <laughs> right. However, I think that everyone I know who is meant to lead during this time, and especially my Indigenous women friends, they all hit a wall. We all went, bam. I'll raise my hand on that too. Okay, right? (laughs) So it's like we were reminded by our own spirits, by our own bodies, that yeah, we can succeed like that we've been asked to do, but we're not meant to. Mm. And it's literally killing us. We're mm. actually exhausting our bodies. We're exhausting our spirits. We're we're not thriving mm. in a way that maybe someone in a male body might be better at, you know? Mm. So we had no choice but to change. I wouldn't, I probably would still be where I was at if I hadn't had my, my mine was emotional breakdowns. Mm. I've had friends with, who woke up paralyzed one day, who mm. woke up with brain tumors, mm. cancer, you know, you name it. It was mm. like stopped in their tracks, mm. mental health issues, emotional health issues, you name it. So for me, I started to notice that we were being asked to change. Mm. Yes, we were still in our positions of power, but how can we do things differently now? Mm-hmm. I'm, I literally cannot do what I did before. So if I'm going to be in this place and I happen to be in the music, you know, film and television entertainment industries, how can I do things differently within it? Mm-hmm. And I had to be very creative. And I had to learn how to trust my intuition. I had to learn how to trust my ancestors when they were whispering to me. I had to learn how to listen to the pain of my body and my mm-hmm. emotional wisdom. I, I term my my feelings and our emotions as wisdom keepers for a reason, mm-hmm. because we have been taught that they are messy and embarrassing and inconvenient instead of a wealth of knowledge and wisdom for us. In mm-hmm. fact, the the key to finding out where we're where we are really at in the moment. So for all of these people in these positions of power, when we are forced to change, just think of women within Mm. the system who this Mm. system wasn't made for, if it was hard for us to change in these systems, imagine how difficult it is for those who are succeeding in this business, or in these systems that it was made for, right? We think it was hard for us. How immensely harder it would be if you were a man that it actually caters to you in this system, Mm. how it would be to change. So I knew that it had to be led by women or Mm. people of color or people who are not meant to be in the system, people with disabilities, people with extra abilities, two-spirited, transgender, all the people left out. We are are the leaders. leaders. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about leadership and about your sacred feminine wisdom cards, seeds from the sacred feminine wisdom cards. But right now, listeners, are you a leading visionary? Did uh, any of the description that Andrea just gave ring your chimes? Or are you in the role of leading other visionaries? Consider joining our community and sharing your feedback and takeaways from each episode. We invite you to join us and support this podcast by making a donation at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. 
And if you're interested in finding out more about how you can receive support for getting your vision out of the air and onto the ground, then you can apply for a complimentary consultation with me or a member of my team by clicking the Connect with Angel button on the website. Please be sure to share this show in your own spirals of influence with the people who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. Let's shout out this week to our listeners in the Métis Nation and in Vancouver. And we will be right back with Andrea Menard. The Leading Visionaries podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently, who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand. And as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book, Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. And we are back with Andrea Menard. You can find out more about her at andreamenard.com. She's got a very comprehensive website there, and you can connect with her across all the socials there and find out more about her Seeds from the Sacred Feminine Wisdom Cards. Andrea, tell us about that vision and that project and how it came into reality. Because part of the work of being a leading visionary is taking the vision and materializing it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say I had a I had a date with the grandmothers, and and I knew that I had created. I knew what we just talked about. I wanted to make sure I, I didn't have a company called the Sacred Feminine Learning Lodge at the time, and this was like just pre-COVID. And I was saying, how do I get what's inside my heart out there? How do people? understand my way of looking at the sacred feminine which might be different from you know western folks and so i sat with the grandmothers and i said okay what should i do how should i do this and the and the vision for this deck of cards came first and i sat and had an appointment we had our we had our date and and i was received the teachings and then i reached out to a metis sister leah dorian who's the beautiful artist If if you're on the video you can actually see this is beautiful paintings by leah dorian who's a Métis woman from Saskatchewan, where I'm from. And we we came together with 52 teachings and and created a, I created a independent deck at first because that was the first vision, right? And then it got so much traction that uh, Mango Publishing picked it up and it's, and it's released in May, 2023, except I think it, it got pushed a little because of um, shipping and all that stuff that's yeah. you know, sort of backed up. But yeah, it, it, pe- people can purchase the cards at andreamenard.com slash cards, very easy. <laughs> and to witness and to hold in your hands the first Métis deck of its kind. It's the land-based teachings, grandmother teachings, and a way of looking at the world to help individuals walk more gently on the planet and walk more gently with themselves, Mm -hmm. which is always starts with us. 
Beautiful. Well, I'd love for the leading visionaries who are kind of nascent, the ones who are emerging, who haven't yet necessarily Mm. put their vision into reality. I'd love to have you just briefly talk about how was it for you to take the vision? Like, you know, you have to say yes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we also often have to look at the resources that we have available. So what does it take, you know, from a, a leading visionary's point of view, What did it take for you to say yes to the vision, to value the vision enough to bring it into reality, and now to be out in the world, you know, sprinkling the seeds as far and wide as possible? Love that. I am very good. So one thing that I'm good at, and maybe other people can develop getting good at it, but for me, I am very good at being in a receptive mode because I value deeply my connection with the grandmothers and their wisdom. So I am open. So when a CD has been created or an album has been done or this theater show is created or something is finished or the, something is done, I'm in a state of, okay, that's completed. Now what? So it's mm-hmm. like, I know something else will come because it always does. Mm-hmm. Creativity is is part of our natural inheritance. We are creative beings, human beings. We are sparks of creation, the creator, we are made in that image, which means we are always creating. And for me, I know that when I'm finished something, I feel the completion and I'm like, ooh, ooh, what's next? And I have no idea what it's gonna be. (laughs) I, like I said, I'm a medicine wheel, so there's four parts of me. So for those who are listening and maybe haven't quite birthed their vision yet, make sure you stay in an open, receptive state to know and expect it to come because it will come. But you just have to know that it will come. Look around every corner saying, oh, what are you interested in? What are you what are you searching for? What lights you up? What gives you joy? Those are all hints. And to maybe make appointments. You know, I, I go, okay, I I can feel that this is coming. You know, so for instance, I had an album starting to birth or this starting to birth. You have got to create, you have to be inspired first. You have to get inspired. You have to listen to the first seeds. And then you start to come and make appointments with yourself to go, okay, I'm going to sit down and actually write this now, or I'm going to actually put this in just a little outline or something to go from inside the creative space to onto the paper. And then it's like, ah, what's the next step? There's always just one step that needs taking. And if you are not someone who can see the whole picture at the end, that's okay. You don't need to hear the whole picture. You just need to see the next step. And the next step is always exciting and always joyful. Always, always. The sacred feminine leads you from your next joy to your next joy to your next joy to your next joy. So even when the next one is a little more arduous, It can be joyful when you're in the right space of mind. So I do not write. I do not show up at the page or I do not show up my creative space with the grandmothers if I'm in a low, low, low space or a vibration that sort of goes, I can't get off the couch. That is not a time to write. So that if I do it then, then it's full of ugh, gag. I hate this. Forcing. It's forcing and efforting. Yeah. It's It's not flowing. Yeah. Yeah. So you just wait. But yeah. know that it's coming. Know yeah. that I will show up. And, you know, on next Tuesday, that's my date of writing. Let's let's work on my vibration for Tuesday. Let's let's have a joyful day. That's the only a day I have available. So let's make Tuesday 
the day, energy wise, joy wise, let's just make it happen. And, and you'd be surprised at what happens. Yeah. You know. So listeners, I want you to hear Andrea here. What she's saying is you've got to make space and be intentional when you make the space to have the cosmic date with your muse or grandmothers or spiritual team. I call it my upstairs team. When you are making that space, be intentional in every aspect of the setting yourself up for the appointment. And simultaneously, I don't know if this is true for you, Andrea, and we only have a couple more minutes left, but if I make the appointment and nothing is there, then it's not the time or the place for whatever, you know, it's it's not about my expectations for, you know, having to produce something in that time frame. Sometimes I'm making a cosmic date with my upstairs team and I come on the other side of it and I realize, well, they just wanted me to lay down for a while. <laughs> they just needed me to like chill out, to stop momentum on things rather than to make it another big production. So we yes. have two minutes left. So in the last two minutes, I'd love to have you talk briefly, if you would, about the Sacred Feminine Learning Lodge and who you're serving with that vision. The Sacred Feminine Learning Lodge, right now it's a, I'm a one woman show and it sort of got birthed during COVID. And it's like, I'm an artist at heart and I always will be, but I also knew that I, I am, I am deeply of service to humanity. I, like I said, I'm deeply supportive of the feminine and the indigenous voice. And that means feminine voice is, is global. So it's not, nobody gets left out here, but I needed a space. It's like so many people were struggling during COVID, during the pandemic, that I, I came out of the spiritual closet. You know, I my my community knows who I am and what I offer, but I didn't in a public way. And I started hosting online circles and new moon circles and and free for people to come because I wanted I wanted to be of service in a way that people could just get through the day. And now it's moved to new moon. You know, it's moved to different spaces. And I started creating content. I started creating matriarchs and training for indigenous women, lead like a goddess, which is was supposed to be a live event. And so it's still meant to be a live event. But I have reclaiming the four goddesses, which is the earth woman, fire woman, water woman, air woman, those parts of self that is owning the feminine aspects of ourself, which are fierce and compassionate and powerful, mm -hmm. but through an indigenous lens and honoring the four sacred bodies. So you're going to see that there's a lot of medicine wheel symbolism, you know, mm -hmm. the four bodies, the four directions, the four elements. And that's a place right now. It's, it's all online at the moment until someday it moves out again, but mm. that's how it was created. It was to be Beautiful. of service to women, but to all beings who are interested in reclaiming their sacred feminine aspects of life. It. Beautiful. And and just as a side note, matriarchs in training is the, it's like the new MIT, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> MIT is not too far from where I live. The, the college MIT is not a university <laughs> MIT, but I, he I heard that and I was like, oh, it's the new MIT. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm just delighted that you were able to come. And listeners, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by joining our community, sharing your takeaways, asking questions, or submitting guest suggestions. You can weave your visionary thread into our fabric by opting in on our website at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com or by interacting with us on social. 
Look for the handle at Leading Visionaries Podcast across all the major platforms. Thank you for tuning in. Keep your eyes, ears, and hearts open. And remember, you are here to create conscious change. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Leading Visionaries on Apple Podcasts and share with other people you know who can benefit from today's episode. Leading Visionaries is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leading visionaries who are called to create conscious change and know that now is the best time to welcome wealth and cultivate a web of collaborative support to bring their vision to life. We invite your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes at leadingvisionariespodcast.com.